All right, we're live. How's it going, Joseph? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. It almost feels disingenuous to t- say, how's it going? Because, like, we've been talking for 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at the same time, the people don't know that. So. That's all right. This is, a, this is for entertainment purposes. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, how's your week been? It's been up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I was sick. My daughter was sick. Now my wife is sick. Oh, and- man. My oldest boy got sick, and it, it's it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, this Monday and I Tuesday from work. Better. Hey, you missed work, so that ain't bad, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I, I, I literally have a stack of paperwork. I will take a picture tomorrow and send it to you. <laughs> Kyle, I'm not lying. It is a foot, at least a foot thick. Yeah, that, that is no bueno. That's just for missing two days of work. <laughs> Because when I miss work, work don't stop. Yeah, right, right. Well, the world don't revolve around us being sick, does it? (laughs) I got that on Christmas Day. That was awful. All right, so we're out here trying to talk about Matthew 6. This is part two in our... Part two, we're sponsored by... (laughs) Part two on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're sponsored by kingscouncilco.com. Y'all can use code TDR10 to get uh, 10% off your order. That way everybody makes some money. Y'all get some really nice soap. Got some new products coming up, so be stay tuned for that. Joseph, promote your stuff. Uh, still don't have anything to promote. Sickness had me down, but uh, Smith Man, Homestead will be up and running this weekend. This weekend. I'm holding you to it. Come, come! Unless an act of Congress or an act of God stops me, it, it's coming this weekend. Congress might still impeach the president, so it might stop you. <laughs> but that website is smith-homestead.com. Smith-homestead.com. When it when it's up and going. Tribal video. Tribal video has uh, still don't have a website for it. Probably won't for a while. Um, but businesses was going good. Like I said, got sick, so I really haven't done much of nothing. Got behind on that. Got behind on my college work. Got behind on everything. So uh, if yep. uh, anybody needs any product videos or logo reveals or if you need a logo, you know, hit me up, JDManly18 on Twitter or at Travel Video on Twitter, either one, and uh, see what we can work out. Very good. Very good. You want to say a prayer and then we'll jump into it? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us today here, Lord, that uh, we can come together and continue the Sermon on the Mount, Father, which which was the beginning of of your son's ministry. And and the words of Christ, Lord, are are so important for all of us to follow. And Father, I thank you for the sickness that I've had, Father, and and, and I give you glory for the healing from it. And um, Lord, I just ask, like I always do, Father, that you open my heart and Kyle's heart, Lord, and the hearts of our listeners, that we may learn, that we may we may grow, and that we may take lessons from this, Father, and apply it to ourselves, that we may serve you better. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask it all. Amen. You are muted. Man, I, that's the second time in a row I've done that. <laughs> I mute myself for the prayer so that we can get rid of the background noise. You did this last week. Yeah. Like, I mute myself 
when I'm not talking so that we can eliminate some of the background noise, but then I'll do stuff like that and make a fool out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got Matthew chapter six. Um, so should, I don't know. Should I go through a summary or do you want to just go through it verse by verse, verse by verse like we did last time? Let's dig into it. All right. I mean, I think it's kind of hard to summarize. Right, right. So verses one through four about alms. And it says, take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thine arms may be in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. It's pretty self-explanatory. Don't you think? It is. It is. And you know, but there's a lot of people out there that want to be seen doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a little extra pat on the back. And, right. and, and this, this is a warning against it. We're supposed you know, to give alms for anyone. I'm sure everybody knows what that is, but if you don't, it's, it's helping out the poor. It's giving out food or, or money or a helping hand. And, you know, I'll give an example of not letting your father see. So recently on Twitter, you know, I posted about my church's uh, food pantry, which, which we have now named the milk and honey pantry. Very good. And, um, I won't, I'm definitely not going to name names, but the outpouring that, that's come in has been amazing. We, I've, I've taken in almost $600 now, and only 21 of that was from a member of my church. That's awesome. The rest, the rest has come from Twitter. That's awesome. I mean, complete random people all across the country. So how many people does that feed? Oh, that, let's see. Let me do my math. So generally, ten dollars gives one person two meals. So, so sixty people two meals. So sixty people get to eat for a day. That's right. Very good. Unless they're intermittent fasting, then they can eat for two days. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph <laughs> a guru out here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that's good. And yeah. the thing is. I don't know who those 21 people are and I don't want to know who those 21 people are, you know? So the fact that if you give to that food pantry, do it in secret, you don't want your reward to be here. You want your reward to be in heaven. You know, the Bible says, and I don't know the exact verse or where it is. You probably do that. Stack up your treasures in heaven. It's in the chapter we're talking about today. Oh, it is. I, I knew I'd seen that recently. <laughs> yeah, lay up for yourself treasures upon it. Lay up, not up for yourself treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. I knew I'd seen it somewhere recently. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? Was that did that make a loud bang? No. Okay, good. It did it in my ears. But, but um, that's okay. Only I can hear voices on my side, so. <laughs> Oh, man, we're in rough shape. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, do you got anything else to say about alms? Should we move on to prayer? Um, 
So, 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 yeah, I think we're knowing arms. I, I it's pretty self-explanatory, you know. Do do what you do in secret. That's between you and God, and God's gonna reward you for it. Right, exactly. And we're about to find out the same thing about prayer. That everything you do, keep your head down, handle your business. I can't say handle your business without thinking about Bobby Dino. So shout out to him. <laughs> um, and then you'll God. God will reward you, whether that be here or whether that be in heaven. Or, or both, you know, just don't, you don't need to tell people about it. You don't need to bo- boost your pride and boost your ego. You need to boost your, your relationship with God. Right. And, and, and that's what verses five and six are talking about, you know, pray, pray in secret. God will reward you openly. Right. And, right. And so, so basically, you know, anything you do for God, you need to do secretly. And the, and the reason for that is, is when we, receive praise when we're seen openly we get where it says we get a reward we've stolen stolen god's glory and and heaped it onto ourselves right and and that's not not the purpose of it so we do it in secret so that god receives the glory because everything we do is supposed to be for god's glory and because he is glorified publicly he will glorify us publicly yes i agree with you so you covered the prayer section. It says, should I read it? Um, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. There that is again, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. There's there's a lot there that I don't know if we want to talk about it or not. <laughs> Catholics quit listening at this moment. We're about to be stepping on some toes. <laughs> um, so let's let's go back to the the standing on the synagogues and in the corners of the streets so on not so much on my college campus but i go next door there's a bunch there's a lot of college campuses in ohio right so if if you drive an hour you you you'll pass three or four colleges so i go to a pretty small school i don't want to name it because i don't want people to come trap me down which if you're going to come trap me down bring an army because i'm pretty hard to get to (laughs) and bring money to buy shampoo yeah for real um, but I go next door. Kyle's wall. <laughs> but I go next door to some of the campuses that are around, and there's there's people preaching on the sidewalks, and it's like they have signs and their microphones, and they're talking into speakers. And if you don't agree with this, you're going to hell. Sorry. <laughs> if you don't agree with this, you're going to hell. If your phone goes off in the podcast, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're saying all this stuff, and like. They have the reward. They they are being seen by people, and I oftentimes are being seen as foolish. And honestly, I see them as foolish too, because it, it well it depends. If God is telling you to go on the street corner and preach His word, by all means do it. But if you're doing it for your own benefit, and so people can see you and see, oh look what a great Christian he is, you have your reward, man. There's no point. You might as well just stay home. My wife's been around me way too long. Why? What's she saying? 
a center one, a center, you know, you, you can cancel a call and be like, uh, with a message, a center message just said podcasting mm. or reply back was 10 for <laughs> to anybody that knows me. That's my standard reply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, I guess the whole thing boils down to this. If God tells you to do it, by all means, do it. But if you're doing it for you and so you can say, oh, look at me, I preached to three people today or I knocked on four doors today or something like that, you might as well stay home because you're not getting anything out of it. That's all I got to say about that. Well, you're, you're right, but, you know, we are. the Bible does tell us to go out and, and, and preach to, to the world. So I think It all depends on your reasoning. Yeah, right, right. And I think that there are ways to do it. Like and, you know, the, the people out there telling with signs saying, you know, fags will burn in hell and Westboro Baptist Church irritates me. Sorry. It's, I just like went straight to the extreme, but they're not a Baptist people. They're not a Baptist church at all. They're a bunch of heathens. Right. Right. But uh, so there, there is, there's a guy. Okay. So there's a guy who stands up here on 53. Um, you don't know what 53 is. Highway 53 is a little backcountry highway near my house that I drive every day. So on the corner of 53 and a road called County Farm Road, there's a, it's a pretty big intersection. So there's a guy that stands out there and he preaches, but he preaches salvation. It's all he preaches is salvation. And I see him out there once, once every couple of weeks, once a month maybe. And, and we're out in the middle of the country. So it's almost like a little tent revival kind of feel to it so uh I, I don't see anything wrong with what he's doing i i don't see him getting any glory for what he's doing you know what i mean but it's him out there by himself he don't have a crowd of people he don't have signs everywhere mm-hmm. and you know i i don't see a problem with that but there's a difference between seeking attention for yourself and generally genuinely trying to to spread the message of god right well and Ultimately, nobody really knows your heart, but God does. That's right. So it's between you and God, honestly. You, if God is telling you to do it, like I said, but the, what God is warning you against here is doing it just for your own benefit, just for your own glory rather than his. That's, you got anything else to say about it? Uh, maybe. Hold on. All right. I'm looking for something. Don't, don't. Let's see, you gotta keep talking. <laughs> I don't have anything else to we say. Have dead, we have any dead air, so you go, go on to the next one. <laughs> okay. Um, but thou, when thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So uh, if we're going to get the Catholics later on in this section, why don't we get the Baptists too right now? <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> I don't like altar prayer. No. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. No. Um, and, and the thing is, is I do go to the altar and pray almost every service. But there's a, there's a moment. So at the altar for me is, is, I don't know, it's almost like a surreal moment with God that's kind of out of my norm, out of my comfort. But there's a moment when the preacher says, let's bow our heads and pray. And he prays. 
and then there's the altar call afterwards, right? Right. I go up to the altar at that moment when he's praying, everybody's praying. I leave the altar before the prayer ends and everybody looks up because I don't want to be seen up there, but mm-hmm. I, I still want to go up there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, is it, there's, you can still do it without. So the, the original purpose of the altar call is, is to bring you to salvation. If, if you need to talk to somebody, figure out how to get saved. At my church, you can raise your hand. Somebody will come back to your seat and kind of talk to you in the back of the church privately. Or you can go up front. But it's also a uh, public, public profession of faith to go up there right. and, which and is, receive Christ. Well, which I do think is important. I think that's part of salvation is publicly professing. Right. So even if even if you get saved in the back of our church, when they're going to bring you up to the front of the church mm-hmm. after you're You've, you've received salvation right. to, to make the public confession pro- profession. Mm-hmm. So it, well, and the thing is you don't have to get saved at church. Like I got no, saved. You don't. Right. But it, I got saved in my backyard with a beer in one hand. Right. Well, yeah. Like, I didn't have the beer after the salvation. y'all. I just want to <laughs> point it out, but I was drinking when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the reason I don't like altar call and it it was created for a good purpose because you just got done telling everybody how to get saved. Now let's give them an opportunity to get saved. But I think that if you're going up there, if you're going up there, it's all based on your reasoning. Again, if you're going up there for your own reasons, sure. you, you might as well just stay in, in your seat. Sure. I can, as you're talking, I am picturing four different people that I know go up there just to be sitting up there in right. my own church. Right. Just because right. just I know those people and they do everything to be seen. Right. Because so, churches are full of them. Everybody complains. All oh, there's hypocrites. Yeah, there's hypocrites mm-hmm. in every church. Right. They're, they're, they're there. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Facebook is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> well, this, this ain't much better anyway. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as a heathen do for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. I'm going to let you take this one. So let's go ahead and add verse 8 to that. Okay. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So why do you deflect that to me? Because <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, there, there's controversy. So in, in the Baptist world, it's used to, to speak against what a lot of Catholics and Orthodox and Anglicans, you know, they have their prayer books and you recite your Hail Marys or whatever you do. And, and in the vast majority of, of Protestant world, America, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever, this verse is, is, is proof that you shouldn't be doing that, that it's a vain repetition. And, I, I feel the same way. I feel like you shouldn't be saying the same thing. You know, you go confess your sins and he tells you to say 30 Hail Marys. What does that do? No. You know, when, when I pray, when, when I go to God, I go with him with my heart, what's in my heart, what's on my heart. And it's a deep personal communication. And that's what I think prayer should be. But now it's important to understand. And Adam Lane Smith taught me this him and his wife we were having a discussion about praying the saints and whatnot 
Shout out to Adam, by the way. He's a real good man. Absolutely. Like my, like the best Catholic in the world. I love him. And, and they taught me that where the views differ from is whereas you and I are Baptists, and to us, prayer is a high form of worship. Catholics do not view prayer as worship. Catholics view prayer as a communication, as a talk. So, and it's hard to it's hard for me to explain exactly like like uh, Adam's wife explained it. She did a really good job. But so when you look at, at our group that goes, "Oh, this is so simple, and this is you shouldn't do this," and the Catholics are like, "There's nothing wrong with what we're doing." It's because they they view prayer as two totally different things. So like we'll, we'll go to a prayer praying the saints. We look at it as idolatry. You shouldn't be praying to saints because we see prayers worship. Right. When a Catholic prays to St. Michael or St. Mary or whoever they pray to, it's no different than me going, hey, Kyle, I need you to pray for me. You know, this is going on. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, I'm asking you to help intercede in prayer for me. So a Catholic prays to a saint, they view it the same way. They're asking that saint to intercede in prayer for them. Of okay, heaven. that makes sense. And, there, and there's a part of the Bible, and we just talked about it last night at church, and, and I can't think of the address. Um, anybody's curious, message me afterwards, and I'll find it for you. But it, it talks about the saints of heaven interceding prayer for us. So it, it is in the Bible. But it boils down to one group finds it as a form of worship, one group does not. So that's, right. that, that's where that communicating breakdown comes from that's the reason i think vain repetitions are wrong catholics don't think this is talking about that does that make sense yeah their their, their view is this is vain repetitions is more like chanting oh okay. you know, like like pagans would chant around a fire or something like that so it, it's it's a doctrinal issue right there and, and can be debated for for quite a while right right well, and the thing is, I think that we're real quick to jump down the Catholic stokes, but we're we're also real quick to jump down everybody's stokes. If they're not like me, then you're wrong, right? Right. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that there is unsaved people in every church. I don't care if you're Baptist, Absolutely. if you're Catholic, if you're Lutheran, I don't care. The only two religions that God cares about is saved and going to heaven or lost and dying, alive and, and dead. You know, uh, one thing my pastor says a lot in the sermons is he'll say something when he's talking about salvation and the love of God and, and he'll go, this, this isn't, this isn't a Baptist thing. You know, not just Baptists go to heaven. You know, this isn't everybody thing. Right. So, you know, it's, it's important to remember that. And it, it can get for anybody that doesn't know, I'm at odds with a lot of teachings in my church, but I love my church dearly and the people in it, which is why I go, but rather you believe 100% of a church's doctrine or not, the doctrine, what I call doctrine is the little things, the little little nitpick things that the Bible doesn't expressively make clear, so people have a thought on, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like rapture, the Bible doesn't say there's a rapture at the beginning of tribulation, there's not a verse anywhere that just says that, but there's verses that hint to it, so, you know, there's a rapture doctrine. Right, well, and even further than that, there's a rapture. There's a not a rapture. <laughs> there's a doctrine that women need to wear dresses in church. You know, right? Like, like a lot of that's been taught in my church before. 
it's not my church. Right. Well, do you think God really cares what you wear in the church? Or do you think, do you think he cares about the condition of your heart? Well, you have to, that, see, now you're getting to where at the beginning of your faith, there is a condition of the heart thing. That is your main, your, your main goal. But once a person grows in Christ and they walk closer with Christ, there is a way you're supposed to conduct yourself, to hold yourself, to, to act. You know, there it's, you know, we'll, we'll get to everything eventually when you start getting into the Thessalonian books and, the, and Timothy and, you know, it's, it's pretty set way that we're supposed to, 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 to live. And, um, I, I don't know how to, you, you hit me, you hit me with a question. You ain't done that in a couple of weeks. So without having, without having my thoughts formulated, there comes a point in time where something like that is important. Right. And, and it's not so much as a, how you appear to other people so much as an obedience to what the Bible taught. Does that make sense? Yeah. So do, do I think a woman's wrong for wearing pants to church? I don't care one way or the other personally. Right. But the Bible does say that a woman should not wear clothes pertaining to a man. You know, pants originally was a man's thing. And now it's a man and a woman's thing. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's the gray area, you know, now right. there is woman style pants and men's style pants. And yeah. so, you know, if y'all for wanted to call that, I could say what a, when a priest wears a robe or a choir member wears a robe, I'm like, that's a woman's garment right there. Why are you wearing that? You know? right. So there's a gray area. That's why I said, I don't personally care if a woman wears pants in church. I do right. care if those pants are scared, skin tight and showing off every curve they got. Yeah, yeah, that and I, that's that what I, I do care at. about. I do think you should dress modestly, but I don't think that. Yeah, there's a there's a lady in our church. She wears flowing dress pants every Sunday, and she looks very nice and it's very right. modest and right. and I don't find nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Right, but there's but, also a girl in our church that wears a skirt that barely covers anything. Yeah, and a shirt that comes down to here. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I know you're a new Christian and all, but you know, right, right. <laughs> so it's 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 a nit, it's a nitpick thing that I that try gets not back to get too involved in. That gets back into the what we saw before, where she's doing that for her, not for God. Right. Big brain. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's get back into Matthew. Um, all right, so we're getting to the Lord's Prayer, and you've already read verse eight. So verse nine says. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We all know how it goes. Um, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So he just got done telling us about how we're not supposed to pray with repetitions like the heathen do. But then he gives us a prayer to repeat with repetitions. Well. I have my thoughts. I want to hear yours. <laughs> In verse 9, it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye. Yep. Christ yep. has given an example of how we should pray. Mm -hmm. He's not telling us, say this prayer. Right. Right. And, and notice how he prays. And this is, I think, very important. He starts off right away. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's not. It's a glorification of God. Right. It's not 
Well, and then he goes on, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's and that's not submission. Right. And then he goes into the give us this day our daily bread. It's not our Father which art in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. Oh, and by the way, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All right. You know, he, he starts off praising the Father, giving him his due. And then he goes on to, Lord, if it be your will, could you help me out here? Yeah. You know. And the very last thing he asks for is the, the forgiveness of our, our sins, our debts. Mm-hmm. And he asks, and, and the last thing he asks for is to deliver us from the temptation and from the evil. But you notice he ends the prayer again, for thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Right. So he ends the prayer again in praise and glorification of the Father. Mm-hmm. So, no, we're not supposed to repeat this prayer. This is an example of how we should pray. Glorification, submission, knowledge of will, state what we need, and then glorification. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing either to thank the good Lord for sending the Son to die on the cross from time to time in your prayers, too. I mean, there's, you know, right. I, I spent a lot of time thanking God for stuff more than I spend asking for stuff. The Bible says he knows our needs. I thank him for saving me every day and twice on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go get my closet. (laughs) I I know I'm not supposed to be be in church and not watching this game. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for saving me, by the way. (laughs) So you ever seen The War Room? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, devil, you just got your butt kicked. (laughs) (laughs) Best line ever said in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Sorry. Where are we at? (laughs) I lost my place. We just finished with verse 15. Well, we didn't really talk about verse 15. Okay, go for it. That verse scares me. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Yeah, it does. Scary. I mean, you're you're saved. I'm saved. But we're still going to face judgment one day. Mm-hmm. So if we don't forgive, we're not going to get forgiven for the stuff that we do. Right. So, I mean, we're not going to go to hell for it, but... Right. You know, there's there's rewards in heaven. There's rewards in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... People forget that. There's more than just accepting Christ into your heart. There's a right. whole, there's a whole lifestyle you have to live. It ain't a socialist capital. That's right. That's theocratic monarchy. <laughs> so that's all I want to say on verse 15. That verse scares me. And it, yeah. should, it should scare people. Yeah. yeah. I got some people I need to forgive tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough week. <laughs> Fasting. So... So we're moving on to fasting. Verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sound countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So fasting, 
Yep. Fasting is all the rave right now. <laughs> Everybody's talking about fasting. Yep. And I've talked about fast and fasting. And, you know, I'm, I, and fast, I, I, I got the fasting app with Teresa. We monitor each other's fasting. Oh, very good. But if I tell you I'm fasting, it's not a spiritual reason that I'm fasting. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And this, because bragging about fasting, I don't think happens as often as complaining about fasting. <laughs> But the thing is, it's a long, it's one and the same. It's two sides of the same coin, you know? Yep. Oh, I got to do this 24-hour fast, and man, it sucks, you know? But, like, you've already got your reward right there. Yeah, people yeah. already know. Just keep your mouth shut, right? And do you remember when we were wanting to, they were wanting to do fast in the, so for the listeners out there, we got a group chat going here with some other Christians, and they were wanting to do a fast. And do you remember what I told them? I wasn't even, they weren't even doing it for spiritual reasons. They were doing it for health reasons. But do you remember what I said? Not off the top of my head, no. I said, don't tell nobody because they're going to make it worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Remember? Well, the thing is, like, there's more reasons to not tell people other than them making your life miserable. Like, you want to get the spiritual benefits too. Like, yeah, there are health benefits. And God knew that. And I think that when God talks about fasting, when, or it's Jesus here, but they're one and the same. So when Jesus talks about fasting, I think that he was talking about intermittent fasting like we like we're doing. But you don't need to be telling people when you're doing it, you know. Right. I think that there's no God is not glorified in that. You and you certainly already have your reward, you know. So so when you spiritually fast, you anoint your head and wash your face. I do not. But the, well the thing is I wash my face every day. Got to <laughs> got to practice good skincare out here. But, but no, I do not. That's always been an interesting verse that's thrown in there. Yeah. I'm looking my head and wash my face. Yeah. And like, I okay. I, I don't know the reasons behind that. Right. Well, and the thing is, like, maybe it maybe it doesn't even mean anoint because like the only time I fast, I don't fast for health reasons. So because I'm trying to gain weight. The only time I fast is when I need God's help. Like during finals week last week or last year, last semester, I fasted a lot. I fasted uh, a couple 24-hour days because I needed help. <laughs> I needed God's help. And not so much with the test. I was prepared for the test, but I needed his help with giving me the strength to get through the week, you know. Right. And so I, and I think that when you said – do you, when you spiritually fast, there's a difference there because there's fasting for health reasons and there's fasting for spiritual reasons. And if you're fasting for health reasons, yeah, you may get the spiritual benefits, but if you're fasting for spiritual reasons, you're going to get them both. Right. You know? And so, like I said, I don't fast for health reasons because I'm trying to gain weight, which gaining weight's a lot harder than you would think. <laughs> but especially when you're you my You need size. to come to my house. <laughs> yeah I'll get mrs smith wife, out here cooking for I, me i'll give my wife to make some stuff panicotti <laughs> a you'll gain weight b you'll never leave yeah well the thing is it's so hard to gain weight when you're eating chicken breast and white rice <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i need to get some real food out here but yeah so like fasting for spiritual reasons will give you both benefits and you get closer to god so I don't see why everybody doesn't do it. Well, I, I know why everybody does it, but but maybe okay. What was I about to say? Oh, we were talking about anoint thy head and wash thy face. 
maybe that's like your commitment. Like if you're going to fast, make the commitment to God. God, I'm going to fast 24 hours starting at midnight tonight. And, and do it. Carry it out. Maybe that's what he means. Maybe. You know, like I, you just I have to research that verse some more. Yeah. I mean, and I would like to hear what you had to say, but that is what I would say because anoint thine head. When when babies are born, we anoint their head. And that's our commitment to God. We're gonna raise this baby in church. Right. And we're gonna raise it to know you. Do you and think so, I'm like a theologian? <laughs> Maybe that's what it means. Maybe make your sign your contract with God. Make your make your commitment to Him. Right? Could be. So you Makes sense. Your, putting your wax seal on it. <laughs> do you have any more thoughts on the fasting area? I don't. I I just want to encourage people to do it. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual fast will reward. It's absolutely man. worth it. And don't and tell nobody. Commanded. Yeah, right. And don't tell nobody you're doing it either. No, nope, don't do it. Treasures. Let's lay not up yourself for yourself yeah. treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Lay them up in heaven where none of that stuff happens. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, which is a wonderful verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I watched a show on Netflix. It was called Narcos, and it was about Pablo Escobar which was pretty interesting. But when Pablo Escobar went into his final, like the final couple days that he was alive, he really needed money so that he could leave. Well, the thing is the government had seized all of his money, but he had money buried that he didn't want the government to find. And so he had buried the money. Well, when they went and dug it up, it was, it was all rotten. They couldn't spend it. It was, it was worthless. He had buried this money 20 years ago in a not airtight container. It was right. rotten. So he, he, it was worthless to him. He had probably $100 million buried right there in that spot. But it wasn't worth a single penny because it was rotten. That's, what's got, that's what God's talking about. If you lay up your treasures here on earth, then when you need it, it's not going to save you. That's all right. And, and uh, so verse 24 kind of – I'm skipping a couple verses, but verse 24 kind of plays into all that. Uh, I, I look at that point, and I look at it also as not to put so much. It was basically saying the same thing here. You know, don't put so much faith in your money. Don't right. put so much of your time and energy in making your money that you lose track of everything. Right. You know, it's it's you need money to live. You need money to survive. You need money to do do your dreams, build your businesses. You need money to serve God and ministry. You know, church can't keep lights on if nobody gives money to it. So money is a requirement, right? Right. So I think it's a warning to, um, you know, you're, you're too many people get obsessed with making money and that becomes their focus. Mm-hmm. And then you, lose your kids and then you lose your wife and you lose your interest in your God and it just becomes all about money. And I've seen it happen more than once in my own life with people that I know. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think that's a, that's a good warning for it. You know, wave my treasures up in heaven. My five-year-old daughter teaching her about the Lord is going to put her in heaven. 
Right. She's my treasure. I'm laying up treasures in heaven. Does right. that make sense? Yes. Well, and the other thing is, how much money have you made from this podcast? None. Right. We've got probably, this is what, our 16th episode? We've got at least 16 hours into this podcast, plus our studying time. And, like, we're laying up treasures in heaven here. That's right. And, and I'm not trying to make money off of this or right. anything I do for God. Right. And, uh, Eventually, when I move my life completely in the ministry, I'm going to have to at some point in time. Which you and I have had that discussion before. Where I don't feel right taking money for any. Remember the, the prayer guide I've been working on for since like November? I talked to you about that one evening. Yeah. And y'all were like, yeah, you need to charge for it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I should charge for it or not. Right. So I, I feel bad if I do anything for God that brings money into me. But mm-hmm. I. I also understand that at some point in time, I'm going to have to, if I'm turning my life over completely to ministry at some point. Right. And a preacher's, a preacher's got to pay bills too. Right. Right. But, but there, the, there's a difference there. Yeah. And the other thing is like, I certainly don't think there's any problem with taking, with accepting money. Like my church doesn't have a pastor right now. I, and even if we did have a pastor, he's paid, but as long as that he understands that the amount on the check does not, does not affect the cheat teaching and he would be willing to do it for free if he were not given a check afterward. Right. And so I think that is, as we've been saying this whole podcast, it's where your heart is. It's not so much. That's right. I, I know being as involved in the ministry as I am and in my schooling, I know many, many preachers and the greatest ones that I know all started out not making a penny from ministry. Right. Right. And they preached and pastored and worked a job somewhere. Right. Most of them now have a church big enough that they have a salary, but they started out where there was none. Right. So it's, and I, I view that as God blessing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is there's ways to glorify God and still make money. Right. Like, I hate to, I hate to use myself as, as an example, but me and you have talked before about how I can use my King's Council shampoo and conditioner, use code TDR10, <laughs> to, to glorify God, you know. So it's not so much, well, it is, I do want it to be my job at some point. I want that to be my main moneymaker. But at the same time, I have Bible verses on my lo- label. And my products right now are all named after biblical cr- f- figures. And I'm also a Christian, you know. So how can I make this money while glorifying God and still be able to not sell my soul? You know, still be able to keep my my conscience. And so... And I've, I've thought about this at great length. I've, I've prayed about this and Joseph and I have talked about it. I've talked with a couple other people about it. And at the end of the day, like I said, I think it all comes down to where your heart is. Like my heart is in, I want, like, I don't care if I don't make a dime, but if people see, somebody sees that Bible verse on there and looks into it, or if they reach out, if they, they're comfortable enough to, man, send me a DM, you know, that's what, that's the ultimate goal. All right. It's not so much about like, like King's Council is a, a means to an end. It's 
it's a way to make money, but at the same time, I want to glorify God in the, in the process. Right. All right. So, uh, verse 25 through 34 basically all have one meaning to them. Yeah. It's about worry, right? Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat and the body more than and the, the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Let's talk about that part so far, for now. So is he talking about like 24 kind of confuses me because is he talking about clothing or is he talking about take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink is he talking about like don't worry about what you eat like oh yeah go ahead eat that whole box of Twinkies or is he talking about like don't worry about where the food's coming from don't worry about where it's coming from because God's going to provide right correct okay and then also what you shall put on your clothing same thing. Real men don't care about the, what they look like, right? That's right. Tanner guys. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, what's Kyle the last with thing? his Crocs. <laughs> I don't have them right now. They're <laughs> over there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't wear the Crocs that often, okay? Y'all can get out of my DMs. <laughs> um, and then where I lost my place. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, or gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? God's going to provide for y'all. That's right. He's going to provide for me. He's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for everybody. Yeah. Verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into a stature? What is it? What does it gain you to worry? Right. Right. You know, my wife is a tremendous warrior. She worries about everything. I am not a warrior. I worry about nothing. Right. And I use this against her all the time. Like like against her. I I meant that word. (laughs) I'm like I'm like, baby, what are your you're solving no problems by sitting here and stressing out over it. Right. Especially if it's something that's completely out of my control. I mean there's no point in me worrying about it. It's like the news comes on and there's a seven mile wide meteor heading towards the earth and all life's gonna be extinct. Like Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it because what am I going to do? Right, right. Or the coronavirus is coming to Ohio and it's going to get me. Right. So, I mean. Which it's killed oh, by alcohol, which sort of makes me want to drink. I this but just I'm for you. Not drinking. <laughs> they said the coronavirus is killed by alcohol, which is a great marketing scheme for that Corona beer. <laughs> there it is. Mystery assault. <laughs> We're talking about alcohol on a biblical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the devil's marketing. <laughs> but like, okay, where was I? Oh, I think that you said something that's important because you said things that are out of your control, like a meteor or the coronavirus or whatever. But at the same time, I think that it does pay to worry about things that we can control. For example, I got homework due at midnight tonight that I haven't even started. That's in five hours. I'm yeah, a little is, bit worried. Yeah, but is is that is that uh 
food or raiment or no, it is not. That, that's but not a need. It, so what this is talking about is your needs. God knows your <laughs> needs. God's going to provide your needs. You're thinking about this homework a lot different than I am because I think yeah, I need yeah. to do it. <laughs> well, I think you need to do it too. I'm just saying I don't think you can expect God to provide your homework for you. Right. I can expect God. Well, I can ask God to provide me with finals because I earned a finals grade that I did not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that after this. <laughs> so verse 28, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And I, yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not make much more clothed to you? Shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. I love that, O ye of little faith. Once again, I use this against my wife. <laughs> she'll be in the morning. She'll be like, I can't find a uniform for, for Kaylee, my daughter. She's like, I can't, find, I can't find her school uniform. I'm like, O ye of little faith. <laughs> he clothed the fields of grass. He'll clothe our daughter. So, you know. Sorry. I hate being married to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she puts that one. <laughs> but, uh, Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall ye eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Same thing. Talking about the same stuff that we just talked about. That's right. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's your key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole chapter has been getting at is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's right. And I've used this line on Twitter several times. The last verse of the chapter. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So that verse, so what, what this all boils down to, is God knows what you need. Mm-hmm. If you seek him, he will provide you with what you need. Yep. If you ask him and privately and pray and fasting, and if you do good to others while seeking him, not glory from men, but seeking him, all these things will be provided for you. God does bless us for our service to him. Right. So take you to the thought, take Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So that last sentence used to confuse me. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So what that's talking about is you have your stuff today to worry about. Your temptations you have to worry about. You have to make sure you don't slip into sin. You have to make sure you're following the commandments of God. You you have today to worry about. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself because once tomorrow comes, it'll be today, and then you can worry about the things of today. Right. So this is really a massive test of faith. Do you have faith in God to carry you tomorrow? Do you have faith in God to bring tomorrow, to provide for you tomorrow? So take not, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry for itself. Mm-hmm. So God's got your tomorrow handled. God worried about your tomorrow. He's got it fixed. You need to worry and focus on today. Right. And I'm not saying don't plan for the future. I'm not saying don't 
set up a 401k or save money for the family vacation. That's not what I'm talking about. So I'll give you an example. Last year, two years ago, 2018, I couldn't pay the power bill. I was literally like $17 short on the power bill. Got an eviction or not an eviction notice. Got a disconnect notice in the mail. Wife stressing out. Wife stressing out. So baby, don't worry about it. What do you mean don't worry about it? So God's going to provide. Two days before it was due, we were going to get cut off. I got a check in the mail from the power company for $34 because we're a member of a power co-op. So it was our yearly dividend payment from the power company. So the power company sent us the money to finish paying the power bill to the power company. Right. And I didn't know that was coming. And most people probably don't look at it this way, but I look at it as God sent us a check to cover what we needed. You know, right. I, right. I literally, I mean, I, I did worry about it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad and a husband and I got people to take care of. So there was a part of me that worried and I just don't, Worrying's not bad, but when you're stressing out so bad, you're shaking or almost in tears because you're worrying, that's a little bit too much. And to me, that shows a lack of faith. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with me stepping outside away from everybody going, Lord, I know you said you got this. (laughs) I can't help but worry a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But even, even then in my worry, I try to always turn to God with my worry. Right. Well, I think that even Jesus worried in the garden. Yeah. So if there's any other way let this cut pass from me. Right. Right. So. So. I don't know. It's uh it, It's. God definitely yeah. got our back, though. Yeah, absolutely. And and worrying and stress is a killer. Right. And you know, heart disease, heart attack, strokes, <laughs> stress, stress can bring all that stuff on. Mm-hmm. And worrying causes a lot of stress. So once again, something God's telling us not to do is something that can harm us physically, which quite often happens throughout what God says, don't do this. There's a re- there's usually a physical effect if you do do it. You know right. what I mean? Right. So You said doo-doo, by the way. I know. I did. <laughs> we're immature. We're children. That's right. <laughs> All right. You got anything else you need to say on the chapter? I, I don't. Just seek God first and everything. Mm-hmm. And it'll be provided. Yep. Yep. Kingscouncilco.com. Tribal video. Um, Smith-homestead.com coming up pretty soon. Check out Barbarian Rhetoric. I just had a blog article drop today, and Joseph's a regular contributor there. Except this past week, I was... He was sick. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a peasant. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I made up for you. We're good. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. King the the Damascus Road is still represented. Um, I want to say a prayer and then we'll we'll end it, okay? All right, brother. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the opportunity to meet here today. Um, thank you for the opportunity to spread spread your message, Lord. Um, God, I pray that you go with both of our families, Lord. Go with both of us as well. God, I pray that if there's anybody out there who needs to hear this message or who who could benefit from you having you into their hearts that you would touch them lord and that they could reach out to somebody that they know whether that be me or joseph or somebody that they know personally and all these things i pray in jesus name amen
Amen. All right. We'll be back next week.